of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned from years of living on the road through research and experimentation so that if you are like me and spend most of your time away from home, you can survive but thrive even when you're out of your element. Um, and I'm actually sitting at the end of a hall in a hotel right now, ready to head back from uh, the West Coast, Kelowna, British Columbia in Canada, uh, back home. So we may get interrupted here because it is loud everywhere I go and uh, I brought my family with me on this trip so they're packing up in the room and I found to be a quiet corner uh, that I can do this from. So as always, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, uh, please do check out our YouTube page uh, at youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast. Leave a comment and review, uh, subscribe. If you can, that always helps uh, me spend the time to do more of these episodes and uh, leave us a rating on your favorite podcasting app if you'd like me to keep going and do more of these. So today I decided to take a little bit of a different turn rather than talk about you know specific tactics or tools that I use on the road. I wanted to talk about just general sort of happiness and fulfillment. Um, and I think that when you know a lot of us that travel a lot, we uh, we tend to maybe get caught up in the hustle and bustle and the busyness of, of, you know, constantly being on the road and on planes and in taxis and hotels. And sometimes we forget to step, take a step back um, and look at, A, all the, you know, the blessings we have um, being able to live a life like this where we can travel all over the place. Um, but also, you know, think about our bigger purpose and where, what our goals and what we're trying to do in life. So... Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of different ways that sort of I have learned over time to sort of look at, you know, life in general and fulfillment and, and things like that. Um, and there's a couple of different things I wanted to take you through that I think are, um, are really relevant to this. So the first one that I wanted to take you through is uh, what's called Purushartha, the four aims of human life. And this is um, a, uh, I think both Hinduism and um, uh, and Buddhism use these sort of terms, um, but it's it's originally from Vedic texts. And there's basically four stages of growth that any human uh, can and should go through. And the first one, you know, these are these are how we reach enlightenment or fulfillment. Uh, and I'm going to be very basic with these things, and it's going to be a quick episode. But I just wanted to take you through some of them and why I appreciate some of this, you know, ancient wisdom that's come down through the ages. So in this uh, model of, of fulfillment with human life, the first stage is Dharma. And what Dharma means is truth or the right way of living. This is taken from chopper.com. Um, human behavior is considered necessary for the order of things in the world. Um, and you can see here basically what it means is you know, being conscious of your actions, your words, your thoughts, having compassion and sensitivity to the needs of others, and being awake to the existence of the divine within you. Um, and really, when it comes down to it, I think we, you know, whether or not you believe in a higher power or God or, um, or the existence of some supreme being by any means, I think it's important to always remember that there is a piece of something far more powerful within you than you can really manifest itself in the world with our ability to create um, new new ideas, uh, new ways of living, new things in general, you know, whether you're someone that's, you know, 
creating sales for a company or creating connection with other people or creating physical objects like you know furniture or cars or houses um, we have the ability to create things out of thin air just out of the thought from our head um, and our physical relation to the world that didn't exist in the past and what is that except the divine or god-like abilities within us um, so dharma is essentially your truth um, and there's a really good quote here, you know, what is my purpose? How can I serve other people? And the Bhagavad Gita, um, that ancient text, which is, uh, you know, said to contain a lot of key knowledge. Um, and we got our first introduction. Uh, but the Bhagavad Gita says that it's better your own dharma, though imperfect, than the dharma of, other, of another done perfectly. So this is the idea is... Dharma is to figure out what is true to you and how you can serve the grander existence in your community and the world um, that only you as a unique individual can provide. Um, and that's something that I think we constantly need to be searching for and tweaking to be truly happy. The second stage of growth is Artha, and that's the, the security of having the material comfort you need to live in the world with ease. So um, one of the basic goals or needs that we have as human beings is getting enough, you know, um, assets or um, comforts, let's say, basic security to be able to search your dharma without being stressed. And so um, it doesn't necessarily mean houses and cars, etc., uh, but the basic necessities to be able to pursue a pleasurable, meaningful life. So in this instance, uh, Arthur would be things like finding a way that money runs after you and you're not chasing money, do work that's compatible to your nature and serve society. Um, and then obviously trust in, you know, something bigger than you organizing all of this and, and, and giving you what you ultimately need in the world if you're, if you're searching for it. So the third stage then is Kama, and that is the desire for pleasure um, in, in your basic existence. So that's finding things that you genuinely enjoy um, in life. And the, the idea here is to intersect what you genuinely enjoy, enjoy with what can serve others and also um, what, um, what gives you a genuine sense of fulfillment and what you're good at at the same time. And the intersection of your dharma and your kama will bring you artha, essentially. And then the fourth we have is moksha. So when you live your dharma, supported by your artha and kama, Moksha is the final liberation. So that's your true nature, and that's where you really essentially come along. What I really like about these four things is um, achieving moksha, or what you would call enlightenment or true freedom, comes from finding what you truly enjoy, uh, having it intersect with what your true purpose is and how you can use it to serve others, um, and also something that you're naturally good at, and that will follow basically, you know, financial and material success, and ultimately it will all align to give you personal liberation and that true sense of freedom, um, emancipation, liberation, uh, and self-realization. So those are some, some really good things to keep in mind. Um, check out those four, um, those four different aims and uh, read a little bit more about them. Let me know how you feel about them and how you're working on them in your life. I'd love to hear it. Um, and then I also want to take a, a different, a bit of a different uh, angle, which is a very similar concept, but 10 Japanese concepts. And this is from betterhumans.pub. Uh, but these are Japanese concepts for self-improvement in a balanced life. And there's 10 of them. Um, 
and hopefully I'm not going to butcher all of their, uh, their pronunciations, but the first one is Omayari, which is embedding compassion in your life through work and product design. Um, so essentially that means how do we operate so that we are serving others and being compassionate of their needs and um, uh, their needs as well. And then secondly, we have Ikigai, which is living with purpose and passion. So again, it's finding that intersection of what makes us really feel fulfilled and alive inside, but also by helping the world and serving others at the exact same time. The third concept is wabi-sabi, which is being grateful, seeing beauty and imperfection and striving for excellence, not perfection. So the idea is we always want to be continually improving on what we want out of life and out of ourselves, but being grateful for what we've already got and, and looking back to see how far we've come. Um, so that we don't get in this constant state of always pursuing that next goal and not understanding that we have so much already in our lives and the pursuit of the goal can't be the be-all, end-all. It will never make us happy in and of itself. Um, and then we have Motenai, which is embracing essentialism, living sustainably. So always living um, not, only, not only within your means, but essentially uh, understanding that uh, we are part of a bigger picture in the global community and there is more to what we're doing. All of our actions affect others, essentially. Um, so understanding what we need for ourselves, but also what the rest of humanity and the world and, and uh, our, our environment need from us. Uh, because making sure that we're sustainably treating our environment will give us internal happiness and um, make life around us better at all times. And then we have Shingitai, which is keeping a healthy body and a sound mind. So they're the path to mastery. So that comes from martial arts. And essentially, um, it is about uh, using your mind. Actually, there's, up here, there's a good, um, good a translation here. So it translates to mind, technique, and body. Um, so uh, it uses a good example here, for example, chess. Um, your performance is not solely dependent on your chess skills at the board. Winning also requires a mindset that can cope with stress and setback during hours of uninterrupted concentration. So this is um, essentially a three-part formula. Always be strengthening your mind, always be improving your technique or your abilities in whatever you're doing, and always be strengthening your body. Um, and then after that, we have Shuharai, which is learning the basics imitate and then innovate. And so essentially in any concept that you're learning, start, first start with the basics, imitate the masters in that domain. And then once you can get to the point where you've mastered that concept yourself, then you can begin to innovate. Um, and this is something that I've often heard, I'm a musician myself, often heard musicians that are self-taught say, you know what, I don't want to learn theory. I don't want to learn how to uh, read music. I don't want to get, you know, for example, to a, a grade eight level in, in piano theory from the Royal Conservatory because it will stifle my creativity. But the, it's, it's completely counterintuitive. Um, you need to learn and master the basics so that you have the concepts behind you to be able to innovate. Um, you're not going to be able to do a masterful guitar solo in any key unless you understand the scales and the harmonics so that you mentally can uh, deviate from the rules in a way that is um, appealing to the human ear. Uh, you have to master those basics before you can ever innovate. So always study um, and always try to uh, master what 
the ones who have come before you have mastered so that you have the ability to innovate on the spot. And then we have Kaizen, which is embracing change and striving for small and continuous improvements. Um, you know, everything in life, of course, is change. Um, there's a really neat experiment you can do uh, that I just read in a book actually called Deviate by a Perceptual Neuroscientist. You can cover one eye and then hold your eyelids open with the other eye and stare at the exact same spot in a non-moving environment. So in a room by yourself uh, where there's nothing moving around you and you'll notice very quickly that your image will start to blur and within about a minute, minute and a half, you will go completely blind. And it's temporary, so don't worry about it. But the reason you're holding your eyelids open is because as soon as you blink, there will be a change in your visual field and it will ruin the experiment. So hold your eyelids open with that one eye, stare at the same spot, and you'll see quickly everything will go blurry. And then everything will go kind of the same color. And then you realize you can't see anything at all because all of our perception is based on changing environments around us. So really the reason that we can perceive reality or any form of reality is because of the things that are changing around us at all times. So if you're someone that doesn't like change, then A, you're probably not listening to this podcast because you're probably not living on the road and traveling a lot. Um, but understand that change is existence in and of itself and you need to embrace change because that will help you um, not only become more resilient, but lead you to new experiences that can help you grow as a person um, over time. And then you have mono-aware, which is one, which is number eight here, which is detaching from material things, outcomes, and old beliefs. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't strive for material achievement or money or that vacation home that you want or a better life for your family. What it means is you need to detach yourself emotionally from it. Whether they come and whether they go, beliefs that you've had in the past, you need to understand that nothing will stay the same in this life and it's constantly going to change and you need to embrace that change to be fully fulfilled. Number nine, Amotanashi, is giving without expecting a reward. The world gives to givers. So as long as you are um, serving for service's sake, it will come back uh, tenfold to you. All right, hopefully that's our last introduction. <laughs> Sorry if this is a little choppy, but it's the best I can do right now. Uh, so, um, over-communicating problems. It's a good concept, I find, just because um, if, you, if you sit and stew on things that are bothering you and you don't communicate them to others, and you don't communicate them in and of itself, it will continue to fester internally. Um, and simply by communicating issues with other people, you may find individuals that have also put thought into the exact same issue. And by communicating with each other, sometimes we can find solutions to problems that we never would have found on our own. There's your 10 Japanese concepts for self-improvement and a balanced life. And then the last one that I wanted to go through is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And this is, um, this is taken from simplypsychology.org, but the, the uh, actual hierarchy you can find all over the internet, anywhere you look. People in the Western world are probably fairly familiar with this hierarchy, but it has base, it's, it's built into a pyramid of basic needs building up to self-actualization or fulfillment in one's life. And the reason that I really like um, reminding myself of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is because um, it gives you the ability that no matter where you are on this pyramid, um, you can always look back at the previous stage if you feel like you're stuck somewhere. and have gratitude for how far you've come and all of the things that you have in life. And really gratitude is the basis for, for genuine happiness and fulfillment. And so it starts with physiological needs, you know, the need for air, food, water, shelter, and reproduction. 
Um, and once you have those basic physiological needs, you can move on to the next stage, which is safety needs. So personal security, maybe financial security, your employment resources, your health. Um, and when you can move on from that, you can get to love and belonging, which is a true sense of connection, family, and intimacy. Um, and so it's very hard to feel a sense of belonging with those around you if, you know, you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, or you don't know if you're going to have a place to sleep tonight. Um, and so the idea here is that you work on the, the lowest level of the pyramid until you get to that point where you can sustain it and work on the next level. Um, you're never going to have a true sense of connection with a partner, for example, if you're constantly fighting over whether or not you can, um, you know, pay the mortgage this month or pay rent this month. Um, and then on from love and belonging, you, the next level you get to is esteem, respect or self-esteem or status, recognition, strength, freedom. So when you get to a point where you feel like you've got true friendship and you maybe have a, a life partner and you've got all of your basic needs covered, the next stage you have to work on is how do I feel better without myself? And that comes with, you know, um, physical fitness, with mental fitness, um, with constantly learning and with constantly serving others in a bigger and better way. And what you will find is if you've got that basic sense of connection and you're constantly striving to be a better person for yourself, you will, you will begin to feel better internally each and every day about who you are becoming and who, you're, uh, who you are at this time. And this, I find the esteem is, is, a, is a level where I've been, you know, I don't want to say stuck, but I've, I've gotten stuck many times in my life feeling like I'm just not worthy or I'm not as good of a person as I could be. And that's when I go back and I look at the fact that not only do I have all my physiological needs, I don't need to worry about whether I have clothes to put on my back or food or water. Um, I've got all my safety needs. I know I have a place to sleep every night and, and I've got that sense of love and belonging, great people within my life that I can count on and who I have a true connection with. And going back and looking at what you're grateful on can help remind you that the struggles that you're going through possibly for you know, physical fitness or your career development or your own personal self-esteem, you know, is really getting to the point where, you know, it's, it's the highest levels of need that we have and you have so much already in your life to be grateful for. You can give, you can take a second to pause and say, you know what, not only is it not that bad, I am continually trying to improve and I have so many things to be grateful for. And from there, you can get to the level of self-actualization self and that's where not only do I feel proud of myself and who I am and I have all these basic needs covered, it's now where do I move next and how can I be the absolute best person that I can be for myself and for those around me in my you know, near tight-knit community but also the world as a whole. And if you, if you put them up, you can get to the point where you're not only thinking about you know, your shelter, your career, and those that are closest to you, how can I be of service to the greater world and humanity as a whole? So I hope this episode was helpful. Um, if you liked it, please, uh, please leave a comment, please subscribe on YouTube, and uh, again, our YouTube channel at youtube or youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at RJ Crate. Um, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, leave a rating if you can. And as always, if you are living on the road like me, I hope you're not only surviving, but thriving, even when you're out of your element. Cheers.